Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing, episode number 79. On today's truly global show, we look at the IOC Foursquare campaign. We wonder if Fox's breakout television series, Touch, can help AT&T's Air Graffiti. Plus, news from Navazon, Bing, Geofedia, Exec App, and Scout Mob, as well as our resource of the week and special guest, Yasser Ansari of Project Noah. We featured them a while ago. All this and a ton more coming up right freaking now. Asif, episode number 79, live from a hotel room. Live from a hotel room. I'm in Oslo, Norway this week, and uh, the weather's fabulous, as I know it is uh, for you. Um, it's like unbelievable. It's like 28 degrees and sunny and, uh, and uh, near the Arctic Pole, I think. But anyways, um, yeah, it's good. What are, you doing? what are you doing in Oslo? Uh, I was here, well, I was in Amsterdam earlier in the week uh, for the uh, European Location Business Summit. And then uh, came up here, uh, invited to speak at uh, the European uh, Hotel Industry uh, Conference uh, that was being held here in Oslo. So all the marketing folks from the hotel world around Europe all gathered and uh, talked to them about location and hotels and how it all fits together. So yeah, it was, it was fun. My goodness. Yeah. You, you haven't been home in what, uh, 300 days? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> I'm going tomorrow though. Leaving tomorrow. And then... Um... Yeah, so it's been good though this trip. Obviously, it's been very good. Yeah, lots of great things happening uh, in Europe. Uh, lots of new startups uh, that I've met, and uh, you know, reconnecting with uh, some of the some of the big players as well. And uh, yeah, and, and there's some you, even up here in Oslo. There's uh, you know, while the startup community isn't uh, as large, uh, there there are some really cool mobile uh, location companies that uh, I'll be talking about uh, probably on a future episode. So. I love it. Well, and that's good. You get the pulse of what's going on uh, when you go traveling like this, and you truly realize that this is a truly global show. This is happening not just in North America, and that's what we've tried to bring to this, that it is a global thing happening here, and uh, and more so, I'd say, in, uh, in Europe and Asia, just because of... Uh, well, just because they have more devices floating around than we do, and more desktop than, and we have more desktops, so we're a little bit more stationary. But what's coming up in the LBMA that uh, you wanted to to, uh, to push out? You have got some good events coming up. Yeah, we got two events happening. Um, June seventh, we uh, as I've said before, we're uh, launching our, our new chapter in Montreal. Um, so we're sort of gathering the local community. We've got uh, Get Me Listed or uh, Sweet IQ, they're called now. Um, uh, sponsoring it as well as uh, Cosette, uh, the big the, the agency there in Montreal, Huffington Post Quebec, um, Yellow Pages, Yellow API, you know all sort of the, you know the, the big players in the in the, uh, the Montreal Quebec uh, location market are, are all, all going to be gathering. So it's going to be a good one. And then uh, on the twentieth of June uh, in Toronto, uh, we're having our next uh, sort of regular chapter meeting. And this one's uh, on checking into content, and so we're going to be exploring that, you know, sort of discussion about, you know, Miso, Get Glue, Shazam, you know, billboards, you know, sort of, sort of the non-location check-in in the Foursquare sense, but you know, the engagement of content uh, from wherever you are. So yeah, that's what I got. Busy, busy, busy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I um. Uh, so if you can make it to the to the one in Montreal and one in Toronto, just do so. The events that the LBMA puts on are great, uh, and they certainly are worth uh, your while to go and uh, and participate in that. And uh, yeah, well, th that's good. I've got um, got some announcements around uh, the um, our Untethered Talks event, which is uh, great. We just keep adding some phenomenal speakers. Our our, uh, our guest today is uh, Yasser Ansari from. Uh, Project Noah, who we featured a while ago as one of the, you know, we were just talking about it as a, as a cool product. He's also, uh, I got him for the show today, but we've got uh, uh, Kunal Gupta, who is uh, is uh, the CEO of Polar Mobile. We've got uh, Tom Hearn, who uh, is over the Score Media to talk about the impact that media is having or mobile is having on media. Obviously, the usual Amber, uh, Doug, Steve, Amber, Amber Mack, Doug Stevens, please. Please, please, please. We've only got a few days left to register in the early bird uh, um, price. I implore you to go out and read. Uh, register now. And if you are a member of the LBMA, there is a discount, a special discount for LBMA members. So uh, please, 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 please come on out June 26th and 27th in Toronto at the Glen Gould. Beautiful studio, CBC, right on Front Street. 
on tethertalks.com. Nice. What do you say we we jump to the show, uh, Steve? Let's be- do it. Before we uh, before you fall asleep and. Uh, yeah, this is a great show. We've got, uh, this is episode number 79. Um, we are recording this live uh, May 26th, a little bit early because Asif is actually going to get home to his family uh, on the day that we would t- typically do this. Uh, big news around. we got our five stories. We've got a, a, our product, obviously, our interview of the week, and uh, the funding, which is a lot of money being exchanging hands and our resource of the week around video messaging. So our first story, let's just jump into it. This company called Navizon, not to be mistaken with Navigon, Navazon releases something that they're talking about, which is basically pedestrian um, traffic analytics. So this is pretty cool. Um, talk, go a little bit more detail into this, Asif. Yeah, so, the, so Navazon's a company that uh, plays in the indoor location uh, space. Um, and you know, we've talked a lot about that space on the show over the last little while. And certainly there's a, a lot of players uh, emerging, uh, point inside, wireless works, proximus mobility, in CTO, uh, I mean, the list goes on and on, Shopkick, et cetera, that are all in this space. Um, but for the most part, you know, the, the platforms have been uh, focused on sort of engaging consumers while they're inside of a venue from the, uh, you know, pushing them offers and deals and whatnot. And, uh, you know, one of the other aspects that, that can be gleaned from indoor location is, is analytics. And that's basically what Navazon's doing here. So. They've uh, announced this thing called Navazon Analytics, and really it's about helping the property owner, the merchant, uh, you know, the building uh, management folks understand foot traffic patterns, who's going where, uh, you know, what, you know, what particular aisle in, in the grocery stores, you know, what, you know, uh, is getting more traffic than another, where, do, where are people dwelling the most, because those, that's the kind of data that, um, when you think about it, if, if you're a retailer, and you have you have you know sort of a, a real measurement of of those kinds of things. You're able to kind of look at your uh, uh, square footage and space and kind of reallocate or maybe charge more to a to a, a brand that wants to have their products in there. Um, you know because it's you know it gets more traffic in a certain area. So you know basically it's a real time analytics uh, and historical analytics platform that's layered on top of indoor location. And it's all uh, triangulated uh, via Wi-Fi, right? So it, it detects Wi-Fi signals. Is that right? Yeah, it's all Wi-Fi. Um, and, and so again, I love it. I think it's a great use. Um, and there are a few people trying to do this now. Um, you know, the, the, for example, the uh, the Wireless Works guys also have a, a similar platform to this. But um, this this is the future of indoor location. It, it absolutely is. I mean, at the end of the day, deals are deals, and a coupon's a coupon. But you know. The power of location data is what we're talking about here, and and we all know that uh, that data is really invaluable to uh, helping make better decisions. So. It is, uh, you know, when you when you add that layer, that contextual layer of location on top of this, and, and among other things as well, you you are you're choosing where to put product, you're choosing where to put your store, you're choosing all, all these things based on on the results of this. I wonder what are, what are the limitations of just doing this over Wi-Fi? Uh, you know, are you leaving out folks who you know? Only half of the of uh, um, of the population in North America are carrying these um, smartphones with Wi-Fi capabilities. The rest are still feature phones or no phones. So, you know, uh, is it this isn't going to replace uh, that person that's sitting on the street corner hitting you know every time a car drives by, right? Uh, is it yet? Are, are we are we there yet uh, at, at this point? Well, we're not. No, we're we're not there yet on an indoor. Um you know, level. We're, we are there on, you know, outside when you can combine GPS and, and uh, cell tower and, and other things. I mean, certainly, you know, we talked, I can't remember what episode, but way, way back there was, a, there was an episode about a company that had come out with a, um, an analytics platform like this for measuring billboard uh, engagement, if you remember that. Right. People used to sit there and count how many cars were going by the billboard, and now they just actually use the cell towers and figure out uh, how many phones have passed by. Um, because that data is freely available from the carriers um, and packaged up, so it's the same premise. Um, but yes, I mean we don't have the full suite of uh, of tools indoor yet that we would like. So I think you got to have Wi-Fi, you got to combine it with Bluetooth, you got to have as many inputs as possible. Yeah, even a tripwire at the front door. Yeah, right? like, you know, there's there's ways to do that, but this is just one picture of it, and it's a kind of a passive way to uh, to to gather this information. Pretty cool. Yep. Uh, you know, this this is going to help. Uh, the more information you have, the more effective you're going to be. 
um, in, in whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's retail, um, groceries, it doesn't matter. You can do it in the store itself. And I think that's, yep. that's pretty cool. So Navazon, analytics platform for pedestrian traffic. Okay, story number two is uh, the launch of this company called Geofedia. Geofedia. It has nothing to do with epicurial tastes. It has nothing to do with food. Uh, this is about uh, figuring out what's happening right now at this moment. Gather it's targeted towards reporters, media yes. types. Why don't you yes. talk about it? Yeah, it's an interesting thing. So basically what they're doing is, is um, first of all, this is a, a platform that uh, is targeted at reporters, journalists, media folks. Um, to sort of provide them with a way to gather uh, information around a particular location uh, from this being user generated um, and sort of you know, have it as, a, as sort of an available resource to kind of feed into whatever you know, news piece they're writing, uh, etc. Um, so what they're doing is, is they're aggregating um, user generated content from Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Flickr, and Picasa uh, and basically, you know, Putting those on a map and, uh, did you, and allowing. Did you say Picasso? Yeah. Picasso, like the Google Photo thing. Picasso. It's yeah. been a while since I've heard that. Yeah, Google anyway. Photos. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, and so what you do is is you basically pull up a map, you draw you know uh, a geofence boundary around a particular area on the map, and then it basically will then suck all the data through those various uh, APIs, and and feed all that content to you. Um, now, it's, uh, the challenge that I have with this is that uh, this is a paid service. Um, it's for, uh, $1,450 per month for up to five users. Yikes! So this, yeah, yeah, it's steep. Uh, it's very steep. I have a hard time thinking that you know, media companies are going to pay that kind of fee. Um, I do think that there is value in this. I do think that uh, you know, there should be a fee. I'm glad somebody's trying to monetize all these APIs out there. Um, because certainly, uh, you know, uh, Flickr and Twitter and Nobody Instagram. else is. Um, so, well, Instagram's already monetized itself. But anyways, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's too expensive. Um, but I see some value in it. And uh, we'll see what happens. Well, the concept here is that, is that uh, you know, most people look at, um, Leo Laporte is classified. I don't know if he gets credit for this. I'm going to give him total credit for this. Is that he, he talked about Twitter as basically the nervous system of the Internet. You know, most stories that we find out now, digitally savvy folks find out about uh, now, the way that we find out about it is through Twitter. Is that, That's how probably you found out about Whitney Houston. It's probably how you found out about uh, the Gibb brother who died. It's, you know, earthquakes. All that kind of stuff is happening through Twitter. It's considered the nervous system of the Internet. Challenge is, is that when you actually go out there and you put a... Um, you have to put a hashtag or uh, something to call, uh, you know, attention to it if you want to if you want to stay on top of something. And what this does is it basically geotags everything, which is available in the API anyways for Twitter and all these other uh, other platforms that they're using, and displays it in a way that is um, user friendly. And uh, yeah, the the price point of this is is incredible. Uh, because this information is available right now. It is, these are open APIs that they're just pulling into a map and using something like a Google Maps API, you could do this yourself fairly quickly, um, yeah, and fairly easily. Yeah. Why the media companies wouldn't build their own, but anyways. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, who, who knows where this goes, but uh, somebody has to try to figure out how to monetize something. And, uh, but um, I love the fact that they're charging for this as well, Steve. so we'll see how well, this goes. I do too. I just think it's too, too much. Yeah, like $9 a month, you know, per user. That's that's probably where this fits in, right? Um, because this is a temporary thing. Uh, somebody's going to come up with a service like this. There are others out there that will disrupt $1,400 a month. And anybody who's considering that, we'd love to know why you would spend $1,400 a month. And if you were at Geofedia, reach out. Let us know why somebody would spend $1,400 a month because it's not exactly obvious from what we're seeing on the website. Yeah. So Geofedia launches. If you're interested in it, go check it out, Geofedia. G-O, G-E-O-F-E-E-D-I-A dot com. Third story. This is, uh, you know, I love the fact that the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, is uh, trying to socialize the Olympic Games this year in London. Um, and here's a perfect example of that. Partnering with Foursquare for check-ins and rewards, a little bit of history. This, this might be um, a good sign. 
for the IOC, the Olympics, and uh, bringing those Olympic athletes uh, down to the uh, general population. Do you like this? Um, yeah, I do. I mean, I you know, I'm glad that the Olympics is uh, you know is is sort of embracing this uh, this technology. I mean, they also uh, announced uh, a few weeks ago uh, a um, uh, what are they calling it? The, uh, Olympic Athletes Hub, a yes. social media platform for Facebook and Twitter updates of Olympians. So, like the the athletes themselves are basically you know feeding all their stuff into a hub uh, as they're tweeting and and updating. Their, so, so I like that. Um, you know, the the Foursquare thing, it's it's fine, it's cool. Um, you know, I'm not sure how many people are going to get this badge. It's called the Get Fit for Olympic Day badge, um, and you can win a trip to uh, the to the games. Um, and because what you have to do is, is you, you have to go to uh, at least two affiliated venues uh, and follow the IOC on Foursquare. Um, and and these could be these affiliated venues could be at any any um, you know past, current, or future Olympic stadium, let's say, or training center. So you you know you could go up to Lillehammer, where I am right now. Um, you know, just just north of here, uh, you could go to you know. Uh, New York, you can go anywhere, I guess. Um, you know, uh, Calgary, where, wherever. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, why would I go to an Olympic venue when there's not anything going on? Total like, nostalgia. Yeah, okay. I'm going to make my way down to, um, you know, um, uh, uh, Olympic Stadium in Montreal, watch it crumble. Just remind me how the Montreal Expos are no longer playing there. Um, well, I'm going to be there on June the seventh, so I'll go to the stadium and check in and get get you know, and then I'll find another venue somewhere. I was badge because you know I was the, just down in Lake Placid. I wish I wish I could have done this in Lake Placid, right? Uh, I was all around. Everything's Olympic down there. You, you know, yeah. you know the interesting thing about this is that I love the fact that they're socializing. Even that hub, that athletes hub, is is, is yeah. fairly cool, um, but it it isn't like it's tailored towards the Olympics. It's not like Kobe Bryant. Um, uh, is uh, putting his Twitter posts up there about his feelings around the Olympics. It's just his his his, uh, his typical Twitter feed. So they're bringing just bringing in their the Olympic feeds or or the uh, athlete feeds, and uh, you know the top five athlete feeds there are, are who you would expect. They're the stars of the NBA or they're the they're the popular athletes. And it and the whole idea with this is that the other guys, the unsung heroes, those heroes that we see every Olympic game, don't get the credit, don't get credibility, yeah. don't get awareness. They're the long, long, long tail in this. And I like that they're doing this, but uh, it, it seems to me like this is fairly pedestrian. Like this is, uh, this is the Olympics. It happens every four years. They lead the way. They should be doing something much more. It should be a lot more than this. I agree. But yeah. Anyhow. But uh, they're, they're doing they it. Badge, at least they're doing something. They're saying, hey, you know, we're, we're going to engage this platform. So good for Foursquare. Good for the IOC. Uh, but you know, I gotta think that uh, it's got to be a little bit wider than just going to some past Olympic venues and checking in. Yeah, and I'm throwing it up there, and, and uh, the, the badge you'll see it if you're if you're watching this. But uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, yeah, good on them for getting engaged. But come on, there's got to be a little bit more that you can do. You are the Olympics. You're big. Yes. All right. Next All right. story. Next story. All right. Uh, Bing Maps, the underdog map company from microsoft right bing maps is adding what are they doing they're adding live traffic from nokia so uh from from this is a good partnership i mean this is part of that that what's it's happening microsoft yeah it's part of the microsoft nokia you know relationship that's there uh bing maps you know as you said is the number two still pretty solid uh mapping platform um and so what they've done is is they've done a deal to take the uh tr the live traffic uh, feed information and the geocoding algorithms from Nokia, and layered those into the maps, and and that that makes these maps you know quite powerful in, in a sense that you know, you know if if I've got to get somewhere and I'm using Bing Maps to navigate, um, you know having that traffic data coming in and understanding where there's construction right now and you know where there's an accident right now and all that kind of stuff, um, you know obviously we need that uh, kind of data. And the interesting thing is is I think. There were some conversations uh, when I was at the LBM, uh, LBS summit in Amsterdam earlier this week uh, about uh, the future of in-car navigation and you know is, is the mapping platforms changing there as well, um, and and some talk about you know where Microsoft and and Bing and Nokia are are going to go in that direction uh, with live live data in this sense. So 
it, you know, so, so I'm glad that this is coming to the web. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think there's a, a big role for it. Let me ask you, is this is uh, predominantly Europe that this is going to be available in because of the uh, kind of uh, the dominance of Nokia as a platform there? No, so, sorry? I think it's global. It is global? Yeah. Yeah, this is this is necessary. I mean, Bing Bing needs this and, and Nokia needs this. And uh, and this is I mean, it's a perfect match. It just extends that relationship. So uh, good yeah. on good on Bing, good on uh, Nokia. And you know the technology. Bing's a great technology. I, you know, I'm I'm still a Google Maps user, uh, just because of the amount of data they have in there. The it's incredible the amount of data, and then the layers they put on there for bus routes, train routes, all those kind of things, uh, and traffic. Um, so it's going to be hard to unseat, but the, you know, there's room for two. There's room oh, for, for two. sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah, fifth, uh, yeah. Hold on, I'm just pulling it up here. To, I was trying to answer your question more specifically. So okay, 24 countries. So it's everywhere, pretty much. Uh, yeah, it's well. I mean, it's all of Europe, pretty much, uh, but also Canada, the U.S., uh, U.K., uh, U.A.E., uh, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Mexico. Yeah, so it's a pretty good coverage. Okay. Well, that that fills me with with hope. I, I think that that's exactly what you want to do. And um, and Nokia's product is great. Bing Bing Maps is is a great product. Um, but again, it's just it's fighting that uh, you know comfort level, and I know that Apple is is there's rumors of Apple coming out with their own mapping um, yeah. equivalent as well, and uh, and getting down and uh, and doing the same thing that that Google is doing for Street View, and uh, but doing 3D Street Views and 3D building views, and I think this is this is an emerging market that is killer, and it's uh, you know as you're saying for the automobile industry. This is no longer going to be an add-on for the automobile industry where they can make money off of it. This is no, no longer a five or ten thousand dollar implementation. They have to think beyond that, and uh, that's that's big because these add-ons, the aftermarket uh, uh, market for market, automobiles, uh, yeah, it, that market's over. It is, especially on the software. Anything that you can do with software, so it's been over for a while. I mean, you know, everyone who's still in that business today, Garmin and TomTom Tom and all those guys. I mean. They're reinventing themselves as software and, and mapping licensing companies, and that's what they have to do. Yeah, because that that, that P and D you know hardware device is done. Well, I I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that, and uh, it's just the beginning for those guys. So they got to differentiate or die. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine, cool. Asif, like uh, your your price point going from like five hundred or five thousand or ten thousand dollars down to like thirty nine dollars? Yeah. Like that's disruptive. That's the beauty of this industry. It's just. All right, we don't have to spend any more time on this. I get very excited about it. Our last story, um, I have watched this show. I don't know about you, uh, see, but I've watched this show. It's called Touch. Kiefer Sutherland, Canadian guy. Honestly, though, over-the-top actor, tough to watch. He's not a very good actor. I might get roasted here, but, uh, you know, he's just got... He's a tough actor to watch, but the show's concept is very cool. He's got an autistic son who uh, doesn't speak, but is a, a genius with numbers, and it's basically a, a, uh, a series of intricate, uh, thin, con thinly connected fibers that uh, through numbers that bring all these people together that tell this really intricately woven story. It's, it's actually a good show. I enjoy watching this when I do. I've seen maybe one or two episodes... But uh, AT&T uh, is uh, launching this, uh, not launching, but showcasing something called Air Graffiti in an upcoming episode, which is a great, you know, there's a whole bunch of stories happening here all at once. But why don't, um, why don't you explain what Air Graffiti is? I'm going to run a commercial that AT&T is running with a little bit of what Air Graffiti is in, but why don't you explain it first? Yeah, so um, Air Graffiti is, uh, well, basically it's an app um, that uh, they're, thinking about it. it doesn't exist yet it's uh, it's still in the drawing boards it's not available yet to consumers but it's definitely something that AT&T is planning on uh, bringing out uh, in the not too distant future and, and effectively what it is is a system that enables uh, people to leave location-based messages uh, and connect them to a street view map but basically as you're walking around you can just you know pick up a message um, that's been left for you so it's a bit like um, you know, broadcaster or some of these audio tagging uh, platforms we've seen in the past, or, or Vicinity, which does that with video, um, except that these are, you know, actual messages and, you know, happening at a carrier level. I assume that they're, you know, they're kind of looking at, at doing this uh, not just for the smartphone, but for everybody, um, which I think would be really interesting uh, if, if they can pull that off. 
Um, but yeah, really, really cool that uh, you know just leaving location-based messages and connecting them to a map, and so that, and so I mean maybe you explain it now. What's going on with the TV show since uh, and how how they're going about this? But but that's the platform. Sure, I'm going to run this this little uh, this ad right now, and it's a um, you'll see it for those of you who are watching. It's maybe about uh, it's a very short ad, but there's one piece where this couple is looking for a restaurant, and it's um, they hold up the phone and they're getting a visualization of reviews from their friends about all these restaurants down this stretch. And that's that's what this is about. That's what graffiti is about. It's tagging and this is just text-based, but there's a few other uh, interesting concepts in here that really are, are location aware as well um, at the beginning. So I'm gonna run this now and we are, uh, and then we'll come back and explain a little bit what they're doing with the show. Yep. This is the network, a network of possibilities. Excuse me, my grandfather was born in this village in here, everyone speaks the same language. In here, forklifts drive themselves. In here, friends leave you messages written in the air. It's the AT&T network, and what's possible in here is almost impossible. So that, that, that's it. There was a piece where they were holding it up and they said, in here, friends leave messages of, you know, restaurant reviews. And, and that's what we're talking about. And what they're doing here is that uh, the main character's son uh, in the show is actually leaving uh, air graffiti messages with numbers around the city. And it, the, the episode hasn't aired yet. But it, and it's, uh, it's another puzzle for this uh, Kiefer Sutherland character to actually go out and figure out what, what his son is doing. That's the whole premise of the show, what, yeah. to put these pieces together and they work together that way. And yeah, um, so, so, and this ep the episode that this is going to do is uh, airs on May the thirty first. So yeah. so we're predicting if people want to watch it. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I I like that. I love this. I love broadcaster. I love uh, I love these tag technologies that allow you to tell your story. Uh, Amber Mack uh, at Untethered Talks is going to be talking about this. The brand of you, uh, you know how mobile's influences on the brand, mobile's influence on on your brand and your story that you're telling. And uh, I love the idea that I can be telling my story a hundred years from now, from to my great great grandchild in my own voice. And hopefully we get to that point where we can we can really start to do that in an easy way. So, air graffiti might be the beginning of that. It'll get cluttered, a little bit, I think. Yeah. And I think that it's beyond reviews, uh, but um, and text. I think that it gets into the audio and the video side very well. So that's it. AT&T, Air Graffiti, Touch, May 31st. We're done promoting AT&T and Air Graffiti. That's it. Five stories. Done? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing, amazing uh, global view, I'll tell you. Um, so now let's talk about this guy who is... We, we talked about this company, uh, Project Noah, a couple of episodes ago. Uh, and it, it is basically... Um, the, the way I mean, I'm going to let uh, I'm going to let Yasser describe what it is, but it, I, I I was blown away after you brought this to my attention. Blown away so much that I reached out to him, got him on the show, got him to come down to other talks to talk about uh, what he's what he's doing with Project Noah, yeah. and uh, I'm 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 really uh, excited to see him speak about this. And uh, this is. Uh, um, Yasser Ansari, who is uh, from uh, Project Noah, he's the chief leaf. Let him tell you. It's about a seven-minute clip. He talks about what it means to capture the pulse of the planet, and that's what his goal is to do here. It's very yeah. cool. So here's uh, here's Yasser. Really glad that he could do this. And here to talk about this awesome, awesome, awesome project is the chief leaf, Yasser Ansari. Yasser, man, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Rob, it's awesome to be here. I love what you guys are doing. <laughs> Chief Leaf, eh? Chief Leaf. Yes. I... Uh, Chief Leaf, yeah. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're a humble and, uh, you know, exciting startup. We're having fun with it. You know, the, the big C-level uh, acronyms don't really appeal to us. We're just having fun. Chief Leaf. We have a leaf in the logo. We're rolling with it. We're having a blast. Well, you know what? For those you've been around since 2010, but for those of you and you're in New York City and you got that beautiful seal behind you, National Geographic. You're in the National Geographic offices in New York City. Uh, for those of people who don't know what Project Noah is, uh, we featured it on uh, this week in location-based marketing a couple of episodes ago. Uh, I'm blown away by what you're doing. Tell everybody so that they can be as impressed as I am, please. So with Project Noah, we've really set out to create a, a butterfly.
apply net for the 21st century. So using the full capabilities and full power of our mobile devices, how can we turn them into the most powerful window, window in the natural world ever? So as you, as you know, there's so many compelling and cool applications out there fighting for our attention. We wanted to set out to create something so captivating and kind of um, engaging, and but focused on, on nature and, and wildlife. So there's all these terminology and these kind of trends that we've picked up on this notion of uh, you know, disconnecting uh, to nature, nature deficit disorder, that sort of stuff, no child left inside. And so we really have just tapped into that movement and provided a mobile tool set uh, and a location-based tool set in order to mobilize a new generation of nature explorers. And what we like to say is, you know, convert a mass of people to the green side and create, an, you know, a, an unstoppable army of nature nerds. <laughs> an unstoppable army of nature nerds. God, like, you know what? Um, so you were telling me before that you've been compared to, like, it, you, basically, if Darwin had invented Foursquare, how did that go? Where, where did that come from? Yeah, so uh, so a couple times when people have talked about us or we, you know, we had some press, press and Mashable a couple weeks ago, and they use this terminology that's kind of stuck with us a little bit. Uh, imagine if Charles Darwin had created Foursquare. So instead of checking in the locations by sharing photos and observations, you're kind of checking in nature. And so, you know, it's not, a, it's not an apples to apples comparison, but to kind of get people a, a quick introduction to what we're trying to do in the space that we're playing in, it works fairly well. Well, I mean, it creates this great visual, um, but but you're you're so much deeper than than this because ultimately you are you are crowdsourcing, uh, gathering of information, identifying uh, inform identifying what plants, any kind of bioorganism, anything can be identified through what you're doing, right? Right, we're 100% species agnostic, so we don't care what it is that you want to know about as long as it's not like a human being. <laughs> You know, that's the only kind of area that we're, we just kind of try to avoid. But any living thing on the planet, uh, and we, we get you know photos from uh, from uh, microscopes, so microorganisms and that, that sort of stuff. And we hope that once we go intergalactic, that you know any sort of uh, life that's found in di on different planets would be fair game as well. No, I mean Project Noah. Explain what uh, what that means, Project Noah. Because I, 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 I mean, is there a, a a double meaning to Noah here? Yeah, you know, we're, we're not trying to push some sort of biblical agenda by any means, but the, the Noah is, is kind of like a fun riff off of this idea of like collecting yep. specimens, right? And that's kind of where the biblical uh, relationship ends. It actually is what we call a, a backronym. So we backed into this acronym. So Noah stands for Networked Organisms and Habitats. Um, and so that was kind of how we, what we called this project. We wanted to connect the whole uh, world, you know, the biodiversity of the entire planet through a, one large network. And so the, we called the project this like Networked Organisms and Habitat Project. And we were like, whoa, that's, that's, that breaks down to NOAA. So this is Project NOAA. And so we've kind of run with it. It's, uh, it's fun. It's uh, memorable. It's digestible. Um, and we're, and we're, we're, uh, we're sticking with yeah, it. You, you yeah. are stuck with it. Pro I mean, it, it is a great name, uh, you know, Project Noah. Biblical or not, I think it's it's a, it, it, you know, you've got two visions here. You've got Darwin's Foursquare and Noah, uh, you know, uh, Noah's Ark. Yeah. Okay, so I said it in the, in the introduction, you have a vision to measure Mother Nature's pulse. This is a, you know, this is one of those visions that is so big. You know, I, I, uh, I'm of the SETI generation, right? When, when network computers yeah. became a little bit more mainstream that, you, you know, every desktop, um, every laptop, every desktop was connected to the internet, which was a big first step. You know, offices became networked. And then for those of you who don't know what SETI is, it's the search for extraterrestrial, um, yeah, yeah, SETI, search for extra, extraterrestrials. And, and what this was is it basically used your downtime processing power on your computer to process signal coming in from outer space. And it was uh, it was the coolest thing ever. It was crowdsourcing computer uh, power for, for doing this. Um, so it was the first thing I thought about with, with what you, you are doing, but you're doing it on the you're doing it a little bit more active. You, you classify these. But so talk about the vision of measuring Mother Nature's pulse. What does that mean to you? Yeah, it's a, it's a, that's a great question. So in, in parallel to this idea, this vision, this dream, uh, like overarching vision of creating this uh, way to measure Mother Nature's pulse, it's this idea of becoming like the go-to platform for documenting the entire world, right? So very early on in our existence, um, there was a big oil spill in the U.S., in the, in the Gulf, right, the, the BP oil spill. And what we found out a lot later was that um, the, a group of people got together to start documenting um, impacted animals. 
And what we heard was that they actually modeled their response and created an application for their first responders, their nature first responders, based on the Project NOAA prototype that we had just recently rolled out. And so it was at that time, imagine if there is like an earth, an earth kind of catastrophe, like an oil spill and animals and habitats are being you know, impacted, or if there's an, a threat of an invasive species spreading across from the East Coast to the West Coast, our users, our Project NOAA members, are these human sensors, right? And they're dispersed across the entire planet. And if we can encourage them and um, kind of um, give them specific tasks or things to look out for, we found that they're more than willing to take a few moments to document those things. And so think of it as like an APB system. If there's a, you know, an oil spill on the coast or if there's you know, a crazy infestation of these particular invasive species, we let our community members know and they go out and they start sharing those things. So those are kind of in the emergency type of um, catastrophic settings. But even outside of those situations, just think about people as we scale up that are walking you know, on their way to work, on their way to school, or they're taking a hike and they start spending a few minutes to document things. As that stuff starts coming in, and we're now at a point where we're seeing activity through our community and our network on average of every minute of every day, we're getting information about things all over the planet. And so in that sense, we are kind of like putting our finger on the pulse of mother nature. And that's, that's what we wanna kind of ultimately become is this the most powerful way to get information on the state of biodiversity on the planet and get that information in real time but put, put together a really powerful pipeline that could be used for whatever purpose that comes up. Well, that was uh, that was Yasser Ansari. He, he uh, the screen is up there. ProjectNoah.org. Go and take a look at it. Better yet, come out to Untethered Talks and see him speak. Yeah, it's just an amazing thing. I mean, from the moment I found it there, uh, you know, a few weeks back, uh, and we talked about it. And and every time I, I you know, I'm, I'm sitting down with, uh, you know, a little more casual situation talking to. To folks, even here uh, in Oslo, uh, yesterday I was chatting with some guys, and, uh, and and they were saying, "Oh yeah, we've got we've got some some young kids," and I'm like, "You gotta you gotta try this Project Noah thing with your kids. Uh, it's it's fabulous." And uh, so they were downloading it and uh, and getting into it, and um, yeah, it's it's just it, it, it's really cool, and it's you know as you you know as he describes it, the pulse. But uh, I think we uh, we we had something like uh, if Charles Darwin had invented Foursquare or something, this is what it would be. So. Um, yeah, amazing. That's exactly that's exactly how he describes it. And um, uh, yeah, uh, so look, the, the longer form interview uh, th that is a one hour interview. I, I couldn't stop talking to him. It will be online at untether.tv in the next couple of weeks. So, so check back. Well worth well worth the entire interview. Yeah. All right, let's jump into some funding news because uh, some big dollars being spent um, around this. You know, we're we're just gonna not even talk about. Uh, there's all these uh, rumors around Facebook. Uh, Facebook's buying everything, and it, you know, basically they're starting to spend. I think that there was a rumor that they were buying Opera, floating around uh, the browser. Yeah. It is. Uh, it's gonna get crazy. If you are a startup, this is the best time to be looking at this um, because left hand and Facebook doesn't know what right hand is doing. They bought Instagram, then launched a an uh, you know an Instagram competitor online. It's just Aye, aye, aye. We are talking about smaller funding deals. We've got three of them here. Let's start with the first one, Quicker. That's uh, Q-U-I-K-R. What is Quicker, Asif? Well, Quicker is like uh, Craigslist uh, in India, uh, effectively, uh, both online and mobile platform, uh, a super fast-growing um, uh, platform out there. There's something like... Uh, well, it's the largest online and mobile classifieds in India. They've raised 32 million bucks. Uh, it's a Series E financing for them, so it's, they've been at this for a long time. Um, and that's coming from Warburg Pincus out of New York. Uh, and I understand that uh, Matrix, Northwest Ventures, and eBay are also uh, uh, got some some dough in this one. Um, yeah, so this is uh, you know this is cool. Um, and and eBay's been involved with this for a while. Nokia uh, also has some some money in here, um, so there's some interesting players uh, in this one, and and I couldn't quite figure out the history of it, but uh, I understand Quicker is, is sort of the name that they they're branded under now, but it used to be Kijiji, uh, and I'm not sure if that's the same Kijiji that we have in North America or not. But how many Kijijis could there be? So there can be but one apparently. So this is this is Quicker. Um, and it's yeah. only available, uh, so it's basically for, I mean, t tons of cities, obviously, um, uh, across India. Um, and it's just, it's an incredible amount of uh, stuff for sale. It's, it's, this is a huge yeah. market, obviously. Good for them. Yeah. 
$32 million for Quicker. Uh, have you ever used something like uh, TaskRabbit or any of these other ones, uh, Asif? Like Exec I App? Have, yeah, I have. Um, you know, and I think um, you know this this whole space of um, location-based uh, job hunting or location-based uh, selling of products, uh, uh, you know, peer-to-peer -peer or or otherwise, I, I think is is a hot market right now. Um, you know, so the company that we're obviously going to talk about here is uh, Exec App. Um, you know, they've just raised 3.3 million bucks. Um, and that's, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of cool, I guess. Um, I think there's a lot of guys in this space. I actually was, uh, when I was in Amsterdam this week, I, uh, met with, uh, a guy named, uh, Dan, uh, Weedpool, or Weedpool, I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name. I'm going to, I know, you, you, you can, you can slam me for that, Don. Uh, but, uh, my apologies. Uh, anyway, so, so he's got a, a peer to peer, uh, platform like this, uh, at Amsterdam called Peerbee as well. So there's quite a few of these guys, uh, out there. Um, and, um, you know, I think there's some challenges on the business model side for some of these guys, you know, but I also think that there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of room. You know, we've talked in the past when, when you've got scenarios where, uh, especially in, in North America, where the uh, unemployment rates are, are super high and, um, you know, people are, you know, any, any little odd job, you know, to help pay the bills is, you know, uh, it, it, you know I'll take it kind of thing. This is uh, apps like this, like exec app, start to make a lot of sense, right? Where you know you just need somebody to go and uh, you know uh, take your your laundry, the cleaners, or cut your grass, or, or whatever the case might be. So I like it; it's cool. Three point three point three million. Yeah, this is uh, this is founded by um, a guy by the name of uh, Justin Khan, Khan, who is also the uh, co-founder of Justin TV. Um, and also uh, Social Cam, which is all the rage these days, Social Cam. And then also Social Cam is uh, the co-founder for Social Cam is, um, is a guy that we've interviewed as well here, um, uh, Siebel. And um, so, you know, when I, when I think about these things, I think about, uh, you know, there's pedigree here um, for a lot of this stuff. It's Michael Siebel. Yeah. And th there's pedigree for this. Um, and can they do this thing? I, I, I think so. What I love about this, though, here. None of this $3 an hour stuff, none of the $6 an hour, none of this bidding stuff. It's $25 an hour for any service. You want something done, it's $25 an hour. They take their cut, yep. you make some money. This helps I, I, This helps raise economies. It can help raise economies. So I believe yep. in, in products like this. I think it's very crowded. Guys like TaskRabbit um, are, are obviously out there doing this now uh, and getting funded. So I, I think that there's pedigree here. I think that the market is available. I, I love the fact that there's a minimum. It means that, look, you know what? Don't ask me. There's one up here. I, I just saw it as I was um, as I was flipping through this. They have um, they have kind of a live feed that I'm just going to pull up right now. And one of them yep. was uh, this executive wanted their, and I think they're just testing, obviously, wanted uh, her sink cleaned thoroughly. And, uh, you know, that kind of stuff ruins this. Uh, so $25 an hour, what I'm hoping is that this raises that game a little bit. We'll see. Yeah. All right. $3.3 million. Good pedigree. Last story here. Last funding is around uh, Scout Mob raising a chunk of change. Yeah, this is a great company in the deal space. Uh, you know, we talked about them a few times on the show in the past year or so. Um, I think they, you know, last time we talked about them, they've gone and bought up a couple little companies and, you know, trying to expand their footprint a little bit. They're based in Atlanta. Just so we just raised three point two five million uh, on this round, and it's coming from some big, big players: AOL Ventures, Capital Broadcasting, Cox Enterprises. Um, so uh, you know, there, there's a lot of guys in this. Uh, ben Lehrer, um, yeah. So, so there's a lot of guys in this. Uh, this is a good deal for them. They need cash. I mean, if you're in the deal space, that's the the, the business that they're in. You got to keep buying companies, and you got to keep uh, expanding your service offering. That's the only way you stay alive. Um, so it makes sense. And uh, the other part of this is, uh, in the same same announcement, uh, they also uh, announced that they're partnering with uh, First Data Corporation, which is uh, for payments. Um, so that's kind of cool because you know, we've talked about you know that importance of combining the deal business with the ability to pay through the mobile device. So uh, I'm sure there's more to uh, to be heard on that. But uh, yeah, you know, just just a good funding story. Three point two five million dollars. Yeah, that, that's um, there's a lot of funding going on, but uh, you know I, I think we're starting to see these companies being picked, um, and uh, Scout Mob is is one of those. And 
and the payment space is necessary for these guys to succeed as you said yeah. they have to they have to move their business models beyond the the daily deal side and uh, and start facilitating these kind of things showing real value to their customers that's good quicker yeah exec app scout mob close the book on those guys Done. yeah we'll see how these guys go we'll be watching these guys of course as we always do our last piece our last piece here before we get to go you get to go off and watch a soccer match um is our resource of the week what is this thing like uh, video messaging is on the rise this is a report done by media post publications yeah what are we talking yeah, about I, here i pulled this one out because uh you know we talk a lot about location mobile and advertising um and and so, you know one of the big things that's sort of emerging right now that's going to start to drive uh you know, uh, advertising and content on the mobile platform is video, right? We all know video is, you know, is, is the big uh, emerging um, sort of platform or, or, or format, I should say. Um, and um, so I thought, okay, let me see if, you know, let's get some data and, uh, and share that with the audience so that we can kind of see what's actually happening. We do have a lot of marketers and agencies that, that watch and listen. And um, so this is just, just some good data. there. So they, they came out and they said, um, uh, let me look at it here. The iPhone leads in mobile video messaging uh, at 23.6% up from 7.4% last August. So that, that's a huge, huge jump uh, in, in the amount of video uh, advertising that's going on, video messaging. That's, that's, that's massive. Going um, <laughs> I mean, to go from basically 7.5% to you know, 24%. Um, that's, I mean, in, in, in what is that, seven months, eight months? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's incredible growth for these guys. And, and uh, you know, it's not going to stop, I would say, as uh, as people get a little bit more comfortable with this technology. I think everybody's a little bit self-conscious about video and messaging and, and how they look. Um, but you know what? You, we walk down the street looking the same way. We're going to get comfortable. We have conversations with people we just stop on the street and we see in the street. And this is, this is how our kids are going to grow up. I'm fairly certain that you're Skyping with your kids while you're away uh, so that they don't forget your face. Right? Yeah. So uh, yeah. this video messaging is, is going to be key. Um, and, and I think that this is just growth, uh, you know, accessibility and availability, uh, high, uh, high enough bandwidth and low enough cost. This this starts to take off. Yeah. And obviously, we still have some issues there with uh, with bandwidth yeah. and uh, yeah. roaming uh, issues when you're out of uh, zone and all those kinds of things. But yeah, I mean, I mean, we all want that rich experience. We all want video, uh, you know. So it, it's it's just a matter of time before we you know we start to see it in every form of uh, sort of ad platform that's out there. It it has to come. The thing, you know, and, and maybe just to kind of speculate outside of here a little bit, if we got another minute, is because this actually came up at uh, one of the conferences I was at this week, and um, we were talking about you know sort of the the mobile ad unit itself uh, today. And kind of sort of the inefficiencies of it, um, you know, as as an ad unit, and video playing a big role in that. But you know, it seems to be that um, you know when we do mobile advertising today, all we're really doing is taking something from online, like a banner, and and pushing it into mobile. Um, like we're not actually leveraging the power of mobile. Uh, we're not using any of the other sensors in the device. Uh, like we're not using the gyroscope or the compass, you know, or any of these kinds of things um, to, you know, build advertising that can actually use the device. Uh, we're simply putting a banner ad in there, and you know, video is a, is a is a step above that. But we got to go, we got to go much further. We've got to go much further. I, I honestly believe that yep. mobile uh, advertising is is in its infancy. Well, it is, yes. and and you know, um, yeah, a minute. I mean, we could spend an entire show on this. Um, the the reliance on on the way that we do things today and bringing that into the mobile space is not appropriate. Yeah. Uh, banner ads for for me are uh, if you're in the banner ad business, it might be good today, but it's not a long term viable uh, piece, especially in the mobile space. And uh, I'd say even in display on on a website, it's terrible. Um, and anytime we accept the click through rates. And then compare the click-through rates between a web and mobile. Uh, you've missed the uh, the boat. You just don't get it. You don't understand yeah. this space. And people will argue with me all the time and say, you know, banner ads are effective. They are two and a half percent click-through rate, which is like three thousand percent more than you're getting on the web. Two and a half percent is absolute bullshit. You should, at, do, if you're doing your job right on a mobile device, be getting a hundred percent click-through rate 
or as close to that as possible. People think, like, Rob, you're crazy. But this is a personal device. You don't need to show this ad to me 37 times for me to click through. It doesn't work that way. What you need to be able to do is hit me with the right ad at the right time based on my preferences, based on my past, based on my analytics, based on the time of day, the weather, where I am. Hit me with an ad. Hit me with something, not just a banner ad. Hit me with something that will enable me to do something. And you have to hit me once at that point. And, yeah. you know, and I'm with you on this is that um, people who think linearly like we're just going to move from television into the web and from the web into mobile, you are going yeah. to fail. You are going to fail. You're going to spend too much money. You're going to it's going to be a miserable experience. You're going to ruin your brand if you do these things without any thought. Don't do that. I'm 100 percent with you. Is video it? I'm not sure. But for trailers, yeah. for example, movie trailers. But, but, but it's better than a banner ad, I'll tell you that. It is way better than a banner ad. And and, uh, and it's way better than, than what we're seeing out there right now. Um, and yeah. so check check this out. I mean, we could have this debate, I think, uh, for all eternity. But it's at, uh, it's at mediapost.com. You can do a search just for mobile video message use on Rise is the title of it. And you will be able to find this very easily from... from uh, from mediapost.com. All right. There's the debate. What do you think about that? We off our rockers? Reach <laughs> out. Um, Asif at the LBMA.com or untethergmail.com. Of course, you can follow us, Asif Arkan on Twitter, Rob Woodbridge or Untether uh, on uh, on Twitter. You can go to the LBMA.com or untether.tv uh, or untethertalks.com. Um, there's many ways for you to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you about this uh, topic or anything that we've talked about during this our 79th episode i love it i think that's it asif all right thank you live Another from oslo live from oslo live from yes. ottawa that's right ottawa alphabetically um we are done episode number 79 we will be back to our home turf on uh for episode number 80 next week uh thank you guys for watching we'll see you next time a safe, safe flights home, man. Thank you. All right. See you later, everybody. Bye.